0: hello everyone hello will how are you i'm good steve how are you living the dream living now the portfolio dream in 13 seconds we will jump into the good stuff Yep, get you yawn out of the way. Here we go. <laughs> well, hello everyone. Let's bring up the screen. Hello everyone. I am back in. Look, well, I got my setup. The camera's back. I'm in a room in a professional environment. I've got my bells over there as well. Finally, some good quality content from you. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, finally, that's it. So uh, hello, everyone, and welcome. I am Stephen Drew from the Architecture Social and Head of Architecture at McDonald Company. And this is Will Ridgway, who is also co-host of the Architecture Social Show and works with me at McDonald Company. So what's important to mention today, we're going to be talking about uh, portfolios, architectural portfolios. and um, Because last week we did about an hour's chat and they went on at maybe an hour and 10 minutes about the theory of architecture, uh, CVs. And what we did is we looked at a few templates. So we've got a few more templates today. But at any point during the show, you can, because it's a live stream, you can answer any, ask any questions, preferably not about the length of me and Will's beards because, you know you know give us a break the barbers are not open but we will talk about any questions you have with architecture portfolios if you want to talk about architecture cvs we're gonna that that was last week and that is on the architecture social youtube uh, which you can type in architecture social and find it let's focus today on architecture portfolios and so Let's bring it up, and we'll dive into the good stuff, will won't we? So we will. Architecture portfolios, so they come in many shapes and sizes. Sounds like sounds like sound like an ad for a dating agency. Architecture portfolios come in many shapes <laughs> and sizes, but basically, you've got to think about in terms of architecture portfolios what they were used for, okay? And so my analogy is the CV is like the structure. It's got all the goods. You've got that one or two pages where it goes through all the information. It's a bit like a house. It's a bit like a structure of a building. But the portfolio is the furnishings. It's the conversation piece. It's the bit that really sells you in. It's the flashy supporting document. Now, this without a CV, the portfolio doesn't exist. But the really uh, exciting aspect is when you've got that CV, and you have an amazing portfolio. That's really what is, in my opinion, going to seal the deal. So the two portfolios that mainly get used, and I think it's important to bear in mind. Oh, well, Simon Crab's ringing me. I don't think I can hang up on him. <laughs> Simon, I'm on a live stream. But there we go. I will call you back in a bit. Um but what you really want to do is you really I'm getting so distracted now. You got to think that there's two portfolios and one is a sample. Let me just tell my boss I'll ring him back in a bit. I will call you right back. There you go. Uh, I will call him right back. There you go. So there's two portfolios. OK, you've got sample portfolios and you've got interview portfolios and there's, there's a two big difference. So sample portfolio is kind of a slang term for uh, basically a shorter portfolio. So what, 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 why is sample portfolios useful is that when you're applying for a job, you don't want to send a massive portfolio in an email. Right. Because look at this document here. So it's 28 pages do people really in emails click through 28 pages so my advice when you're applying for a job is you're gonna send like a best hits a teaser portfolio which is called a sample portfolio with the email with this with the email and the cv attached okay so what this does is it then grabs their attention and then this enables you to in an interview talk about all the 30 sheets when you get there. You don't want to show someone the full discography of all the stuff you've done. It's like the Beatles or whatever. Can you imagine playing the 10 albums? It's super too long? It takes too long, but in the email, you want the greatest uh, hits. So you want to grab their attention. So what, what I would say is rule number one. When you are doing your CV and portfolio ready to apply, for new jobs, you're gonna do two portfolios. You're gonna do the big portfolio that you go through in your interview and you're going to do a smaller portfolio. We're gonna call it the sample portfolio because when you send your email, you're gonna say, here is my CV and a sample of my works. That's what's called a sample portfolio, okay? And typically, sample portfolio in my opinion is five is about it can be anywhere from five sheets 10 sheets and no more in my opinion than 15 sheets because if you think about this right and we'll do an exercise now so let's say now i've opened up the cv and i load this portfolio on my screen look how much information is there so I'm gonna look at this and then you're clicking through and meanwhile, in the office, I'm being really distracted. Maybe something comes in. Maybe you've got all this information going around. Um, Will is working with me and saying that he needs my attention. He needs to do this and that. And suddenly what happens is. you I get there you go. I've stopped at this page. What page is this? 14. There you go. You see 15 sheets. So really what you want to do is you want to grab someone's attention at the start. And this is the one thing that I would say, think about when you send in these things, do you really even need this open sheet at the start? We know what an architecture portfolio is, jump straight into the good stuff. So think about it when you're applying for a job that the portfolio that you attach in an email needs to grab people's attention. So when we're going over this today, think about it as how do you capture the employer's attention, quickly to get you in for an interview. Because you can make this big portfolio 30 sheets in an interview, and you can rehearse going through every page um, in the interview, talking here for one minute, talking here for 30 seconds, you can rehearse all that. But in an email, the important thing to remember is that you're not there with a the portfolio. You're not there. So you need to grab someone's attention and they need to go through it really quickly and efficiently. And they're going to be inspired enough to invite you for an interview. So we will talk a few techniques how to do that. But it's really important to establish that theory first. So to summarize, key theory number one, that there are two versions of your portfolio. You're going to attach in an email the best hits to grab someone's attention. And then you're going to make design the portfolio, which you're going to have in your interview, which is going to basically uh, cover the breadth of your career, starting with your most recent experience. So that's the most important thing. While we're here, we're alive. anyone has any questions, this is the time to ask it because I can bring that up on screen and we can go through it. So what I've got here is one or two portfolios. Me and Will are going to look at it now together. Uh, Maybe what we can do, Will, is I'm going to quickly... Well, this is completely unscripted, by the way, which is for better and worse, uh, partly because I this is my our lunch break and we haven't prepared because we've been doing recruitment all morning, uh, uh, looking at CVs, looking at portfolios. But the good thing about this is that you'll see our natural reaction. So I'm going to bring up this now. So let's go through it. Well, personally, I'm not a big fan of these cover and sheets now some people love them i personally think that you should go straight in with the good stuff what's your opinion on cover sheets well uh for cover sheets in
1: my opinion if there's a sample portfolio definitely not needed um maybe an interview it looks nice um, yeah. particularly if you a physical interview it looks nice because it's just organized but um you flick through it very quickly so it's um it's not really that necessary and i think i think um attaching it to portfolio of the cv anyway is that that's a better front page it's having the cv instead um but that's my that's my take on it so yeah you know regardless regardless you're not going to spend very
0: long on that front page at all so yeah
1: sample portfolio you just want to go straight
0: in that was great and i wasn't not listening i was texting the manager director (laughs) back saying i'll call him back after the live stream so simon if you're watching i will call you back after the lunch break um Now, this is a really interesting one. So in CV, in portfolios, I see a lot of people kind of put their CV in it. Now, it can work maybe in, I think it can work maybe a little bit more in the actual interview, but think about it. If you've sent through your CV as a document and you open up the portfolio, you don't really need to see again the port the CV in the portfolio. I think it's repetitive because I think people really know what a CV is and people know what a portfolio is. But you could take this in the interview, like Will said, where in the interview you have you open up this beautiful document. You've got this nice sheet at the front with a with a great image. And then you, you, you briefly have your experience there like a reminder Okay, that is cool. But imagine now, we're, me and Will are opening this up and we're employers, and I've just seen this in a CV. My reaction immediately is to go, yep, yep. And so I'm a little bit like, "Ah, oh, gosh, where are we going here, okay? So rules here with CVs um, in portfolios, I think, personally, my opinion, and again, it's an opinion piece, I would only do it in an interview. Well, um, so it's not just my opinion. What What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, well? I I agree
1: as well. Any time I think a CV, um, if you're sending an email and and the CV is also in the sample portfolio. It's only relevant if you haven't also attached your CV alongside it as well. So I see a lot of people combine both the CV and samples together as one document and the only document that they send across. And that's fine. I think we touched upon last week how some employers might get a bit confused with that. So it's important to be aware. Uh, But on the whole, you don't need to have a CV and then send over another sample with all see CV in there again, because it is just an extra redundant page. So I'm just gonna flick through and be like, oh, it's the CV again, let's quickly go up. It's, it's not needed there.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. We've, we've got one or two questions which come in, which are gonna challenge me and you, Will. Because um, we've got here, what would you say is the most attractive way to do a cover page if there is one? Now I have seen it done quite tastefully, Um, I think if you are going to do one, try and combine, be smart about the front page. You could even like introduce your first project or this show stopping image. And then you could also put the table of contents. If you're going to do a table of contents on the front covering sheet. I think the bit for me is if you're going to do all this stuff, like reputation, you want to invite. So if you really want a covering sheet, look at this, right? In here, we've got, it says architecture portfolio with an image, then we've got the CV again, which we don't need. And then we've got the table of contents, okay? It's three sheets before we get into the first project. Now, the point is, like Will was saying earlier, we need to grab people's attention in an email. So if it's an email and where you're applying for a job, if if you've got the CV and then if you, you could just go in here and say, most recent project, two thousand and nineteen. Do 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 do. Then this, it, everyone knows it's your portfolio because the file hopefully will say Stephen Drew Portfolio, and we everyone knows what it is. So if you name the file Portfolio, I guarantee you that it will be fine. Because what happens? Think about it, like in real. What happens in real life? Someone, if they're gonna do it, is gonna print the CV and print the portfolio, and they'll put it in the same pile and they will staple it because that's what me and Will do if we take it to a client. We staple it together. So everyone knows that the CV and portfolio should be the correct one. Okay? Now in an email when you've got an application if you name it Stephen Drew CV or Will Ridgway CV and Will Ridgeway Portfolio, then chances are everyone's gonna assume that the CV and the portfolio which have the same name on it, the same person, right? Because it's common sense. So what I'm trying to get you guys to think is that you've only got a short attention, um, you've got a short window to grab someone's attention online. That's the way it works because there's so many applications, especially in a time like now with a pandemic. So you've got to use... Uh, you've got to use what you can to stand out in a short period of time. And so I want you to always think about that when you're doing it. You need to think about editing. Is this page useful? What does it do for me? Does it get people to click in or is it a pain? Is it a pain in the bottom? Are there people like, you know, oh, I've already seen his CV. They want to think about what's annoying. And if anything slightly irritating, you want to remove it. So a table of content, kind of useful, but generally, I always assume, and if you're smart, you will put your most recent project at the front because that makes sense to me. So here, let's pretend they said 2020, your recent project, then that's what would be interesting. So the other rule in portfolios, um, and I see we've got one or two questions, I will get to that in a bit. The other rule in portfolios is Try and put your professional work at the front and your academic work at the back. If you've worked in the industry uh, for a few years, you might not even include your academic portfolio anymore. If you've done, say, a year's experience as a part one or part two, uh, you're going to put in your most recent professional portfolio first because that's always going to get you uh, a job over academic work. If you haven't worked in industry yet, your academic work at the front, amazing. Okay, that's fine. We're all going to start somewhere. Uh, Say now, if you're someone that's new to the industry, but you've done a little bit of work experience, I would still put the professional work experience at the front because architecture practices are looking for someone to join their company and good design, yes, that really helps. And look if someone has got Bills rapport because they like your academic work, then that's great. But if you've worked in an architecture practice, you're already telling them subliminally subliminal that will uh, help me out. Subliminally there we go. Yeah, that's right. I got there. <laughs> Oops, sorry. Uh, subliminally you're telling them I'm used to an architecture practice. I've sat down at a desk. I know how to load up a drawing. I'm familiar with how systems to set up and so that really is helpful and I think showing work from an, a professional environment in architecture practice if you have it yet putting that at the front I think helps out a lot so specifically on that um, topic well I'm just going to do that so that the camera sees me it doesn't put me great uh, on that topic now what how do you feel well most recent work at the front professional work at the front or academic work at the front i mean what would you do um i think it's
1: better to go for another angle and say the most relevant work at the front now the most relevant is usually the most recent work but for example mm-hmm. if you um if you have professional work uh, that you've done in the uk but then also maybe overseas and you're applying to a practice in the uk that purely do uk-based work and your overseas one might be a bit more recent it might be better to actually show them the more relevant work at the front of the uk work because that's what's going to grab their attention yeah Um, i mean nine times out of ten the most relevant work is going to be your most recent so that rule of thumb is fine um and the same with um professional work over education always because um because even even if it's a small amount it just Mm. like steve it just shows that you've been in a you've worked in a team in an architecture practice and that's going to go a long way and make your transition into that new company a lot smoother and it's going to make uh, the training a lot easier uh, on their side as well
0: yeah i agree i think that's perfectly said actually i love that the keyword is relevant so you get my happy harmonica Yeah. <laughs> well done uh, relevant that's such a cool term because you need to be relevant to the employer. And I guess that's the, you kind of put the nail on the head of the concept I was thinking. So showing that you've worked in an architectural practice is showing relevance because you've had that experience. um Showing your most recent work is going to be more relevant in time. And yeah, uh, your taste in architecture and your academic work is always going to be useful to have there. But your most relevant work at the front is going to be ideal. And another good example is, say now if you're someone who's got a few years experience in industry, and you're constructing your portfolio. Like Will said, the typology and this REBA stages could be super relevant to one practice more than another. So a good example we see this in terms of architectural recruitment is, say now we have, me and Will have different clients, okay? And we have a candidate which would be good for both. So candidate is a term for someone looking for a job And a client is a term for someone who is hiring. So Will maybe has got a great architecture practice with healthcare and they specialize in hospitals. And I am working with an architectural practice which is looking for someone to join a residential scheme. And we could have one person who's done a healthcare project and a residential project. And what you will find is that when we we will always get the person's permission, but we might advise someone. Hey, with your portfolio, for you should show your healthcare project at the front of your portfolio. For Will's client, the healthcare specialist, and with me because I work with a an architectural practice which does loads of front end large scale residential. We should put your portfolio at the front. Uh, we should put that large scale residential project. You had at the front to grab their attention. So what we're doing is we're kind of um, we're tailoring it towards the architecture practice because the portfolio uh, and showcasing your interest in the sectors that they do is always going to show Relevance And it's going to be a, the other word I'm looking for here is relatable. Will so if you have a passion for sustainability or if you have a passion for large scale residential or social housing, and for instance, a company like Levitt Bernstein, who does large scale social housing, uh, you know, really good ones that improve people's lives, then that's going to grab Levitt Bernstein's attention. And uh, I think that's a really good um really important piece to talk about and that should theme throughout this so you know the table of contents here like we talked about you know it's more about say now you were going for that healthcare architect you should think about it being really heavy on the healthcare at the front because that's what's going to grab their attention and there's other things you can do if you haven't worked in industry yet which will grab people's attention so talking about the word revit uh, if a practice uses Revit, while you're doing these projects, you should hear, for instance, say, modeled in Revit. I worked in a large scale scheme in Revit. Now, that is actually because Revit is highly relevant because if an architectural practice has uh, is using Revit on a project and you have Revit experience, you're not going to crash the project so much. So you should be constantly reminding people of this stuff. During the portfolio. So the same stuff we talked about last week. In the CV we talked about being literal. So check out that video. If, of what me and Will did last week. Where we talked about CVs. And what goes in it. But when you're talking about your role in a project. Or what you've done. Whether it's academic or professional. Always talk about it in a literal way. So here the person says. New teacher. New teacher. Uh, rea gallery so we would say uh yeah that's great now you can say here so it's at the dylan institute 2010 so i would be really specific so if you've been you've worked in an architectural practice on, on this on this scheme i would go uh dylan institute 2010 i'm gonna say based in london okay uh reba stages one to four uh, my role on this project was that I uh, did the design coordination. I did the planning proposals. I worked on part of a team of five people. I was given XYZ package, and I modeled. And the team modeled the project in Revit. Now that is much more inf- useful information than just saying. Dylan Institute. So throughout this, in terms of the content, you need to be constantly talking about things which are relevant and relatable. Oh, I like this word that we made up on the flywheel. Yeah, two hours.
1: Word, but yeah.
0: <laughs> so we would not make up the word, but so the context it's it's <laughs> it's um it's quite relevant. So I think I think that's really important. So I think we should be literal. So uh, we've got here a few comments that have come in. So Baraka uh oh, it's, so um we've met in Clubhouse. Lovely to have you here. And David, thank you for um, the really kind comments. And I can see that we've got a few more things here as well. So Ninja talked briefly about, instead of a plain covering page, do you feel uh, the best grips so of read at the first? What do you think is the best thing? Or is it not necessary? So we covered that in length just now. My view is that, Think about how functional it is. If you really want to do a covering page, it's, it's going to make sense in the, in the interview. You probably don't need to send it online on a portfolio and then make it really work for you that covering sheet put a nice image there talking about your most recent project and then incorporate the table of content if you're going to do it or you might find that the flow works and you don't need it so you don't need to be bound by it and if it's not serving a purpose the whole portfolio should work for you and every CV, a page should pack a punch and if you feel like a page is a bit like fluffy or incomplete Try and condense it. But when I say that, let the page breathe. So it's a balance. You don't want it to be overload, but we want the page to be useful. So like this now, is, this is a good example of um, a page where this kind of works. And here's another interesting quote. It's like this page It's a double spread. I'm sure it looks great in person. And so in, in your interview... I think what you would do is you would have that and it would look good. But online, I'm just seeing a bunch of birds here. So it doesn't really work for me. And I don't think that, so this is the kind of thing when you're sending your sample portfolio to an employer, you you're just gonna have the core cool stuff. And so think about a double page print. If you're sending that an email, it doesn't work. But if you were printing it out in a portfolio, it would look really well. So, Sanjeev, thank you for your kind comments. Well, you look concerned over that. Has everything going okay on your computer?
1: Yeah, it looks good. I'm just looking at the comments and I'm also looking through what you're doing. I just got sucked into it. That was all my facial expression. My I love point. it, you've <laughs> got
0: the concentration face. That's what we're all about. Should I do one or two more questions, Will, we got here? Yeah. So, let's see, is there any in particular? So, let's talk about, so, Madge, what if yeah, academic work is more attractive and my portfolio is only around 10 to 12 pages, wouldn't the practice work perform as a positive addition? So my opinion, and remember this is all an opinion piece is, it doesn't matter if your a professional work isn't attractive because that doesn't matter to me. If I run an architectural practice, I just want to know that I can plug you in, you've worked in an industry, you've soaked up all that information when you're there. So, it doesn't matter if the projects are ugly because it's not your architecture practice and there's so much value there. The point is you're showing that you've worked on Reba Stages 1-3, to three, that you've used Revit, that you worked on a school. It doesn't matter how big or small the school was or what your role was. So always, in my opinion, you should put your professional work at the front. And my basis for that is that when we do that, I guarantee you if I put someone's work with their academic at the front and their professional on the front nine times out of 10 or 10 times out of 10, that's how confident I am. We will get the person the interview when the professional work is at the front. So that's what, um, that's my opinion. You should always put your professional work at the front, even if it isn't as attractive. So here I've got one question from Ninja. Let's read this before I put it out. Um, So let's let's do it live actually. How does the advice of order of work apply to academic use? Oh, so do you go from order of latest to oldest? Yes, so always latest to oldest, but Professional work at the front. So a good example of this is when you're a part two Okay, when you're a part two and you've just qualified actually you should put your professional work in my opinion that you did during your part one at the front and then you put the part two academic work because what you did in your year out as a part one shows you worked in industry and that's more likely to get you a job than your recent part two um academic project now that sounds counterintuitive because you're saying steve I've literally, you know, I've learned so much in the two years I've studied my part two compared to my part one. But they will see your recent academic work after your part two, uh, sorry, your part one professional work. So to summarize, my opinion then is you should always put your latest work at the front. But the one exception is, is that If you should always put your latest professional practice at the front, even if that's a little bit older than your academic work, because employers will make hiring decisions, usually by the fact that you've worked in industry, especially as a a part two, um, and then backed by the flair they see through in your academic work and Think about it. The fact that you've worked in the industry shows that you can. You can do the job or you have done the job. And then the fact that they look at your academic work and they say, wow, this guy is like, um, well, I can't swear or anything. I've got my I got my soundboard here. But if they'd be like, "Wow, this guy is like a well, does it be, does it be this guy is, a, you know, architect then um, they're going to hire you on that. Oh, cool. My sons are back. So does this work? Nothing. Nothing. What about this? Nothing. A bit of room to work, guys. We'll get it for the architecture show tomorrow. So what I was going to do is a trapdoor there or something for fun of it. So basically, you will get the job and you will get a clap if people see within your work that and um, you've worked in an architecture practice, that's going to be really helpful. And then if they if they like, or they see some skill in your academic work, that's going to be like the ceiling on top. So that's my thoughts there. Okay, we've got a few um, que- more questions coming. Should we do more questions first, Will? I think yeah. it's probably going to be helpful, isn't it? Um, okay, so Fall Ninja says, and what do you do if you worked... I think in a practice before, but whilst working, you never designed anything, but simply aiding in the completion of drawing. Should you put these in your portfolio? Yes. Should always do that because, you know, when you're a part one, you never. it's very unlikely unless you're like, uh, I don't know, the prodigy of architecture that you're going to be given a job running experience. So whether it's just doing drawings or what you should always put it in you but it can only be if you feel like the work isn't super super quality you can just put it in on one or two sheets one or two sheets at the start saying i worked at will ridgway's architecture practice and he didn't give me that many lovely drawings (laughs) well and but uh, you know you, well, you wouldn't say that. You go, I worked in Woolwich's practice and I assisted him on planning uh, drawings, da-da-da, reba stages, uh, residential. And then you put in a detail or put in some drawings, one or two sheets. Then you go on and talk about um, your academic work after. But I guarantee you, with the work you've done in practice is going to get you the job. And don't get hung up on it, on the idea of, oh gosh, this doesn't look good. You should always, always do it, okay? And I wanna say for anyone here that's listening to what I'm saying and they're thinking like, oh gosh, this is not how I've done my portfolio. Think of it like you're gonna save what you've done and then you're gonna do the Steve Drew Will Red special, which is version two. And then send that off to employers and see which one works. Let's see if the one you've done works. Or the one that we're talking about with your professional portfolio work at the front works. I am happy whatever gets you a job, but I've done this for like eight years. Wells done this for free now, and there's a pattern that develops with people that grab people's attention. You're always, it's always going to live and die a little bit by how you perform in the interview and whether you, you get along. But what we're trying to do is put engineer and structure it in the way that you show, you um, get invited for an interview in from an email because you grab their attention quickly with less cheats, but interesting, exciting cheats showing relevant and what was the other one, Well, Relevant and relatable work at the front. And then in your interview, you will curate it in a way so that when you're going through your portfolio, you're gonna have all the sheets like here, but you're gonna talk about your most professional, your professional experience at the front, which is recent and your academic at the back. I remember when you're speaking to your your potential employer, you can always say, here's my portfolio. We're gonna go through it. If there's anything in particular that you want to go into more detail at any time, feel free to let me know and we can we can dive deeper but what i'm going to do is just take you through my experience with the most recent professional work at the front and also we can touch upon my academic work and we can talk about it as much as you want as well and you're what you're doing there is you graciously you're 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 showing the blueprint of the interview and you're allowing the interviewer to interject so if they want to then talk about all your academic work they know they can do that but in my opinion, the professional work at the front is what's going to really, really help. So I can see we've got a few more questions come in. Well, but I've kind of gone off on like my hopefully useful tangent. I mean, what's your feeling? Do you want to kind of chip in on what I, on, on if you agree, disagree with what I've said? Uh, while I've um, got one or two questions next.
1: Yeah, I pretty much agree with what you said. It's um, it's 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 always it's almost like you we, we always we always make this comparison about being on a date uh and throughout the entire, it's the, <laughs> yeah. entire process and it's about having things that are common to the person that you're interacting with and so this can result in the project typology if that's the most common if you if that's the common the common thing between you two you bring out first and that's what you've got to have that mindset when you're designing a portfolio and there's no you know there's no there's, there's nothing bad of having a portfolio, looking through it and feeling like, well, actually, after hearing some of the advice here, I need to change it. That's completely fine. What you'll find throughout your entire career is that you'll constantly change it over and over yeah. again. Same with the CV yeah. as well. You know, There's always things that you can always change. And um, I think what's good is just to keep it simple, to the point, nothing to... Um, over the top, as long as it's easy to read and it has tangible information you can grab from it immediately, that's what's going to be really helpful to you uh, in landing uh, an interview. And the interview is a great place for you to finally you know, showcase your
0: skills in person absolutely i couldn't i couldn't agree more i think that's, that's really really useful and before we answer one or two questions i've got a, a nice statement from pierre which i think is really useful where he talks about the visual content of the portfolio has a value but the production side of the design developed in the de- into detail is a strong part of real work Absolutely. You think about it as an architect, you're going to be doing your designs in the future, but you're going to be working on architectural projects which are led by a lead architect and all this stuff, and you're like a supporting uh, player in the team going forward. And so, what you're showing an architectural employer is that you can slot within their architecture practice, you can work on part of a team, and you're going to help get the production drawings out the door. You're going to be part of the team and I think showing those drawings even if they are quote unquote unsexy in a portfolio is really, really um, important. So we've got one or two questions here. Thank you, Chris, saying this really useful content. That means a lot to us. And um, should you put your name and info on every page on the portfolio sample? So there's two answers to this. So it, it makes my, uh, my life as a recruiter quite difficult if I get a CV with contact details on every page because under GDPR, we have to remove all of that. So we can be clicking through every page. Uh, I normally say that with a CV and portfolio, if you've got your normally people are programmed to look for contact details on the first and last sheet. And I generally think that if you structure out your um, your whole application with a contact details are easy to find. You should have no problem so if you put on your email you say dear employer i am xyz looking for da, da, da. Uh, can't wait to hear from you and then you put at the end steven drew mobile number i mean the email is the email you could put something like that there and then in the cv you have the contact details which have your at the top in the top right at the top left you somewhere you have your contact details in the portfolio you only really need it on the front of, and or the last sheet. My worry is if you kind of like put it through all the pages, it can just get a little bit distracting. Like, you know, once you've seen Stephen Drew for the 50th time, you really do know whose portfolio it is. Um, so I personally don't think you need it. Well, uh, we. Do you agree or disagree with that? Um, I agree with
1: you. I also think, though, that um, it's, it's, it's something that's not um, too important. If you do include it on every page, as long as it's not it doesn't take the main focus away from the work, I, I don't see what the problem is having it there. Because as long as it doesn't attract my attention away from the work, that's fine. But you are quite right that when I look at a, a portfolio and I'm looking for the contact details, the first place I look is the top and the, last, and the second place I look is the bottom. Um, so if you have the contact details either there or at the bottom, uh, that's going to be that's going to be fine, really. You don't need to do it. but uh, it's the same with um, putting page numbers in as well. I think that's pretty handy for a portfolio in person, but as a sample portfolio, particularly if you're applying to uh, the example we had earlier with the residential and the healthcare practice, if you want to rejig around work, having the page numbers not in the portfolio is helpful so you can just quickly change them around and put them to the top. So it's 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 the, the same it's the same thing really. Um, that was a long answer to the very like simple.
0: <laughs> no, I thought it was really really useful, and I think what you said that as long as it's not detracting, then I guess it, it, it's it's the point is though it's not a focus here. Whether your name on the bottom or not is is not going to be like a deal breaker in you getting the job or not. It's gonna be like the content and the structure and the thoughtfulness going through it. If that's gonna get you the job. And again, to, um, to the trademark new quote of this podcast of relevant and relatable is so, so important. And the fact that if the work then is presented beautifully, that's kind of just like the icing on the cake. Do you know what I mean? But really an architectural practice, they will have their own values and what a beautiful presentation is. So if you, if you aspire to work in Heatherwick, And or Zaha deeds, then you know, there's certain aesthetics that they'll appreciate. So you've got to kind of, you know, be your own voice, but there's going to be something that they resonate to. And I guess overseeing a lot of CVs over the time, that someone for, who's, for instance, into parametric or generative design and has a beautiful portfolio which does professional industry work and kind of shows grasshopper scripts and then has their own academic work, which is all this stuff. It's going to be really enticing for um, a company like RRD to really value uh, computational design or a mental event. And so that the whole theme will have this flaw, which suits that. And with other architectural practices, you know, or your own self, what you would find is that um, you will develop your own style over time. But like the way I got um, a job at EPR is, when I was a part one, it was the way I presented my work that in the interview, uh, they liked it. And then when I was a part two, I applied to go back. So which is actually interesting. Well, that's what was they did want me back, but I had to go through the whole rigor roll again because they were like, you know, we've got to check that you're up to scratch. So I had to do another portfolio for EPR. But what was useful is I kind of knew what they liked because I was there. So I could weave in a little bit of EPRism. And they're like, oh, yeah, that looks good. And, and I think if you, ha- the way you can do that is always by looking at uh, an architectural practice and Um, styling it a bit for your favorites but like with everything else in the global pandemic I do really believe and if you've watched any of my videos before I'm a big believer in doing a CV and portfolio which is good for the masses now that's not going to be a statement which um, you know a, a some architectural practices will appreciate but I'm just speaking like the real deal is that you need to have a portfolio and CV, which you send out to the mass market, which is applicable to most places. And so the, if you can't emulate a house style of an architecture practice, the next best thing is to write a CV and portfolio, which is clear, concise, and grabs people's attention and kind of showcases awesome stuff that you have, which is um, relatable to them so they some uh, so the kind of tips that we're talking about here is more useful in a general sense but doing a CV, if you are very particular on applying to uh, practice like i use the terms are indeed you're going to emulate their house style a little bit more to tip the balance but that really depends on your brief do you want to just apply to Zaha Hadid because you're working somewhere or that? Or are you looking for a job and you're open-minded? Now, I believe in being picky at the end of the process. And I truly believe, based on experience, of working in recruitment and being a part two, because I was. And, and um, when I was in industry, sorry, on my phones and stuff going off, um. Uh, when I was getting a job in two thousand and nine, I always bring it up. Will is gonna be bored to death of me talking about it. But it was the it was the global uh, financial economic recession and there was no jobs there. And the way I got a job is by sending out a thousand CVs and in the end I got to EPR architect, a thousand CVs, a thousand portfolios, and some people didn't reply. I had one or two people say, I love your work, there's no job here. And I had a few people inviting me in for an interview. And the point was is that I made it as applicable as I could to uh, the majority of architecture practices. And the few ways you do that is by having clean design and you incorporate a few of the things we talked about. So to summarize, I think the way that you grab people's attention is in a portfolio not having fluff at the start you jump straight into the goods you're very literal okay if you've worked on a residential scheme you talk about the fact that you worked in a residential scheme you say what reba stages you have because in that your talents if someone's got a, um, a new project at uh, early residential stages they might see that one thing and that could be the one thing that gets you the job makes you stand out in the crowd Will, maybe in his CBM portfolio, he mentions the fact that he worked on a science laboratory. And guess what? I, I'm doing a uh, I'm an employer that is currently doing the, one of the new vaccines headquarters for coronavirus. And I won't will because I go, oh, yeah, get the guy in who's done the laboratory. And so all of this stuff that we're talking about is showcasing the bits that you've got and and articulating them and getting rid of the faff. So the point is, if this page, which is number four, shows that Will's laboratory, and I'm an employer, and I got to click through to get to there, and I get distracted at this page, and I go, ah, oh, you know what, whatever, gone. That's your that's your window of opportunity, gone. And so that's what we're talking about It's just maximizing Opportunity and grabs people's attention. And that's why in an email, it's so, so, so important that the portfolio is more concise and it's a taster, a sample of work. You know, it's not the full carpet. Like when I ordered a carpet the other day, the guy brought all the shades of gray, right? And I put them down on the floor and I went, oh yeah, I want that one. I didn't know when... I'm, i didn't go to the carpet store and roll out all the rolls, and the employer's the same thing we're busy, okay so you need to you need to be the guy that in your portfolio you have in in the example I use now you bring all your different colors of your carpets. Wow, I've really gone off on that an <laughs> allergy. But what I mean is by colors, it could be that you showcase your residential scheme, you showcase your school, you showcase your academic work, you showcase the fact that you've used Revit. So that that I when someone's looking through the portfolio, they go, "Ah, oh, that would be handy for one of the projects that I'm running in my practice." Get him on board. And that's the that's the art of it. So that's the theory. I think what I'm going to say, well is that embodies a lot of it here. And what we can do now is I've got one or two more questions here. But what I think we can talk about is for maybe the last like 10 to 15 minutes, talking about less of the theory and more about a few quick tips like thoughts, Sizes And so we talked about this portfolio, but I've got another example here. Should it be square? Should it be a four? It's less important because everything we talked about is the main vital bit of it. If your, if your work is not relatable and relevant and presented in a way which is cohesive and presented in a way that grabs the employer's attention, it doesn't matter what font you've got. It doesn't, it just is irrelevant. So, the first part of it's the important part, but maybe what we do now, Will, is we talk about we can let's go through this one and see what we like and what we don't like in terms of portfolio. But before I jump into that, well, what's your thoughts on what I said on the kind of the, the the heart and the core and the important bit of the theory behind a good portfolio?
1: Yeah, I, I don't have much more to add really, other than just to repeat you. I think you're you're pretty much.
0: <laughs> Hitting the nail on the head so um, yeah, yeah not, got not, there. add on to that good alright I think the point is want to grab people's attention in the email you want to grab people's attention so that they invite you for an interview remember when you're designing it that's the whole goal you're Creating, you want to get the opportunity to interview. And then when you're in the interview, the whole goal is to impress someone and have a conversation. And that's another important bit when we will talk about maybe in the next week in the theory of interviews or something like that, where you don't want to like just bang on about the sheet, sheets and you don't let the person talk. The interview is to enable you to have a conversation where you impress the employer to get a job. So those are the goals. Email, CV and portfolio to impress the person to get you in. Right? How do we do that? Keeping it short. Look at this, it's 30 sheets. Wow, chihuahua. No one's gonna do that, okay? So we wanna we wanna cut it down to ten to fifteen. So we're gonna get rid of the gump. So we got the gallery here as well. Okay, we got one question which is relevant here. With the issue uh, of something looking better, printed vestigial, digital, could you send the PDF in double page format and graphically add a page divider? Yes, could do that. But remember that you will be amazed what happens in an architecture practice. Maybe the receptionist prints the CV on the dodgy printer in the office and it's black and white and the wrong scale. So always, in my opinion, like when you design these things, I think of the worst case scenario, like the worst things could be printed, and do a test. The other thing is before we even go into it, the number one rule that we share with the CV, double, triple, triple, whipple, whipple, quadruple. Check your spelling. Um, it will really distract people. So like when Will was saying earlier, you name the bottom, Will or one, it doesn't matter. He's right because if you got spellings in here, oh my days. Some employers will. It will really distract them and it kind of like then goes against you to invite for an interview. So, in terms of presentation, make sure that the font is clean and clear. I mean, this looks kind of all right, doesn't it? Well, oops, yes, I don't right. like, it's kind of all right. Bit of a block of Text yeah, I'm like, oh my yeah, gosh, you know, what I mean I'm about, the whole page.
1: about the whole page itself. Um how yeah. a text when it's a portfolio, it's gonna be all about the images and then the text supports that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, you could put you put your all your stuff in here. I mean just be resourceful with a sheet like this page, could you know, especially if it's um if it was a sample portfolio going in the email, yeah. that's just way too much. But in the interview, maybe when you print it out and you've got text on the left It's kind of okay. But remember, no one's going to read this in an interview, okay, in the portfolio. And I think that is like a good example of an unresourceful sheet because in an an interview, you're going to have this with some information, but you're going to talk with them. No one's going to read this. And then my argument is if you send this and you get this sheet at the start in a portfolio, Think really hard and honest, okay? Is anyone in the world, when they're looking to hire people, and tell me, guys, in the comments, if you think I'm wrong. When, imagine someone who's going to hire someone, and they've got 50 CVs in the inbox, and they've got to go through the CV and portfolio. Do you, do you think, I'm trying, I'm trying to be objective and not emotional, do you think anyone reads this sheet? Well, do you read I, it? Tell the I, truth or you get I, the hit.
1: I don't read it, no. <laughs> okay, good. That's only if, because I don't have time. I don't have
0: time to read all, all of this. Exactly. Everyone's busy. No one is reading this block of text. It could have the next thesis, which is got the Reba medal and all this stuff. And do you know what? It's not the place and time.
1: I this think- is about
0: you getting the job. Yeah, Go on, I, well. think, I think when you when we when we talk about grabbing people's
1: attention, it's not about having this lovely text which talks about your passion, why you got into architecture, what was the theory behind this building, and like talk about like that. It's about um, being straight to the point, clear and simple. Yes, you can have that as supporting text, but the straight to the point stuff it is software use, REBA stages, what sector is it, what yeah. was your contribution, direct contribution, and that's yeah. what being the most important that's what's gonna make you stand out and because we don't have you know people employers who check the cvs don't have much time to read through they're looking for it, for those key words they're looking for those specific things that uh that stand out to them that's going to be relevant to them and so it's yeah. important to always focus on that and then maybe this text as a supportive thing but the reality is not many people are going to read through it at all
0: yeah and so the lovely Sana, sauna sorry i need to send you those videos to the zoom I love SANA, SANA Setup Scale, says time is money. It, well, it's a famous quote and it's true for a bit because you think about it, right? The director's been pushed and pulled everywhere. They only have an hour to go through things. And so because their time is um, spent on projects which need direction. And therefore, if you when you work in an architecture practice, well, not quite the same as recruitment, but in an architecture practice, when I worked in it is that every week you would allocate the hours you went on a project because those hours would then be billed to a client because time is money. Did did the part one spend eight hours on uh, part of this project? Okay, bill the client that amount of hours in principle. And so any time that they're reviewing CVs is money um, lost. And that's why recruiters get paid to do this, because actually finding people is expensive, whether you do it yourself or not. And so you're right on that. Time is money. And so you've got to be really resourceful with their time. And so if you stand out and you basically pop on the top of the queue, you're solving their problem. If like Will said, they're looking for someone with ARCHICAD. You know, there's, there's an architectural practice we know right now looking for Archicad that we're helping people look for. It's one of the prerequisites of that client. Does the person have Archicad? Does the person have Archicad? And they're not going to go to 10 sheets to find that out. It should always be in the CV. And then in the portfolio, you should show the projects that you built in Archicad. You should say it there. So they're like, oh, yeah, look at this. Look at this with the, with the ArchiCADs, And that's kind of the point it's the overarching thing and so it's less about and so there's a theme here it's quite interesting because last year we talked about this concept but we didn't hit it quite as head on we talked a bit more about make sure the font's legible right make sure the spell check is there and we're talking about that now but the point of what we, the theory of everything we talked about at the start is the important bit and the point is you don't want the spelling errors to be there because that's going to detract from someone wanting to invite you for the, an interview they're going to get distracted you want to basically offer all the information that employer needs and you solve their problem okay and you're not gonna weigh it down at the same time you're just gonna make it so easy to, the remember no one thinks about spelling errors until they're there okay And that's the point. Right now, you want to make it that this CV and portfolio is a dream. You just glide through it. You see the employer sees uh, that you've done technical detailing. They see that you've done Revit. They've seen that you are working in an architecture practice and they see your interest in academic work in the end. And they go, boom, invite you for an interview. Okay? no, no one says in there that portfolio had no spelling errors. So I didn't. I uh, But what people do do is when they're on that journey, they go, okay, so where's the software? Okay, I finally found it in the bottom of the CV. It's here. Okay, let's go into the portfolio. Oh, I'm confused. What projects at the start? I mean, what was this person's role in this scheme? I really have to. Find the information. I'm kind of like here. Imagine it's like, what, what, what? This is a nice image, but that must have been done by a visualization company. You know, what, what, where does it say the roles and responsibilities? It just says northeast facade. Uh, You know, at least here it says a little bit more, but the point is that I'm working for it. And it shouldn't be that it should be the opposite. It should be like you're handing this employer all the information. It's at ease. It's a joy to go through the portfolio. And I think that really is like the overarching thing. Your portfolio should feel like a nice document in an email. It should be s- smooth to the point. Not too long. You know, we haven't got all day. And it should be like it's a te- it's a sample. It's a teaser. It's like. Invite me for the interview. I'll show you the whole thing. And they go, get that guy, or lady. Get that gal in, you know? And that's the point. And in the interview, you build rapport. You talk about your work. You talk about the projects you've done. You go through it. You say, well... For Will Bridgeway, things. I love your projects. and uh, uh, da Here's a healthcare scheme. I've got a little bit similar to what you've done on your website, because you've done all the research, you talk about all this stuff and, and the and then Will's really impressed. He's thinking, Oh, I'm gonna put Steve on my Revit project because he showed here well, oh look at this page. There's nothing there. So let me try to find a better sheet where I could talk in an interview. Oh, it's a bit of a challenge here, isn't it? Oh, it yeah, maybe too much words. See, this just a good example of this this is a balance of it's too big images and then t- too much text. We want the balance, right? You kind of want like this with more text in there, you know, where you can talk about this kind of stuff. But anyways, the point is, in the interview, I don't want it like that of me going, well, so here's, here's, here's this, and then the next page. Oh, wait, hang on. I've got to go to the next page, and I'll show it. Nah, you don't want that. You want it to be a joy you can go through. You can talk about this, and you talk about that the 20 seconds, 30 seconds, you know, nice calm pace. Not rushed, but not slow, and you don't spend forever and ever in the day on one see the portfolio page you don't spend the interview on this page, right you go through it but that's what you for want you want a portfolio in an email summarize that grabs people's attention in an interview it's a joy to go through next week will should we talk about interviews yeah i think that's the natural progression i think that'd be a good one to talk about next week we'll talk about interviews um I think that we will do yeah, we will next week we'll do an interview. One last question here from Marie, which says, What if a job advert asks for strong written communication skills? Now I think that's when I was talking about big text. Now, in my opinion, sometimes less is more. Okay? So have a think, Marie. Like you can be have strongly written skills adjacent to images. It can be to the point. Your email needs to be written in a nice way. Your CV and the portfolio. I think that um, strong written communication skills doesn't necessarily mean you have to be good at writing essays. It means that you can structure something and you can deliver the goods. You can you can uh, basically do um, you can you can you can adapt your written English, your written communications based upon the need. You know, having good communications can be understanding what uh, the mechanical engineer wants and replying back to him. In in architecture practice, it can be literally that much. And the is a great suggestion here as well. Uh, You know, entering writing competitions or writing for blogs and showing off essays and modules from uni is a really good example as well. And that you could bring that alongside your portfolio and say, hey, you can have a copy of this, dissertation I wrote why not but it's there as an extra when you go to the interview and it doesn't formulate the core of the portfolio the portfolio is not about this the portfolio is is about the having a enabling a conversation in an interview which will get you a job and in an email it's about grabbing your their attention so that's I think a summary for me I think that's a good note to end, on. Will, are you happy with that? Any final thoughts?
1: I'm very happy with that. I think we covered a lot. I mean, there's still, you know, there's still so much to talk about when it comes to portfolio, but I think the clear message is just to be straight to the point, relevant and relatable. And as long as you're thinking like that, the portfolio is going to be fine. Sometimes too much. Um, sometimes a lot can be a bit too much. and It's, it's better just to keep it simple uh, and easy to read. And that can go a long way to make you stand out
0: yeah brilliant i completely agree last thing when you're designing every sheet always think what is this sheet doing is it useful do i need it and if not cut it out or if you think you can tweak it experiment always do save as versions always experiment um and then when you're happy or there or thereabouts draw a line in it like what will said a document which is clear and concise is always going to be a document which better than a document which is uh, 200 pages long has everything because no, no one um, as good as Lord of the Rings is it's a time and a place. <laughs> and the portfolio is about again, getting you that interview and having a half an hour conversation to an hour in an interview, which gets you a job. That's it. Uh, it's about, it's, it's a, just, it's like a window into who you are and what you're about. And it it's a supporting document, and the best way to do um, a good portfolio is clear, concise, relevant, and relatable. Amazing, great! Thank you very much, everyone. Will you happy with that? Would yeah, I'm happy on with that. that note. Yeah. Next week, zone in for uh, the interviews, and you can find this. And if you haven't checked on it yet, the CV one we have done last week. And you can find all of that on the architecturesocial.com. We have a YouTube channel as well where all those videos are posted and you can look back and look at them. And you can, I've got 10 minute talks about this kind of stuff. And you've got the hour long chats. I think the hour long chats are better for theory. And the 10 minute portfolio things I do are more about top tips. Okay. But top tips won't save you if the theory's not right. So start with the theory and then get your top tips. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, well, for joining me as well. And now we will go back to work and I will ring Simon Crabb, the MD. And we hopefully I won't have to update my portfolio and he will understand. The life <laughs> well. thank, thank you, everyone. Thank, thank you, will. Everyone. Thank you, Steve. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.